are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, along with the other host, John Schuster. All right, Arizona has a basketball commitment. Uh, people uh, wanted to know what's going on. Kim Aiken, who originally committed to Arizona under Sean Miller from Eastern Washington. Now, you might say to yourself, who's Kim Aiken? The name sounds familiar. Just a second. Who's Kim Aiken? Well, let's the, talk the about it. The name sounds sort of familiar. Yeah, well, there you go. Can you, you go. help me out with this? You ask, I provide. Fantastic. So, Kim Aiken. I was, reach, you teach. Yes, exactly. BJP, if you're listening out there. But uh, so Kim Aiken was the uh, Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year last year at uh, Eastern Washington. Not uh, seen him play a couple times against the U of A. Doesn't wow me, but at the same time, you know what? I am of the belief that any time in any major conference or in major conference, any conference where a guy is a defensive player of the year, you can probably utilize him in some way, shape, or form. Now, some people are saying, you know what? I want. Uh, uh, what does this mean? You know, uh, I, I want an All-American. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, you're not going to be getting those kind of kids like in every single roster position. He's six foot seven, fairly athletic. These are generally guys that you can utilize. And you know what? It's sometimes guys like that turn out to be a little bit better than you think. I think back to a guy like a Jesse Perry. Who were some of his schools uh, initially? Um, final four schools were Arizona, Miami, uh, Miami, Florida? Miami, Florida, okay. yes. Arizona, Miami, Florida, uh, Washington State, where he's from, and DePaul. So, again, not a great list. Solid. And, and, and this is the era where FBI sanctions are causing problems and Arizona's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. getting five stars anymore, so things have Correct. lessened a little so, bit. Yes, okay. and Tommy Lloyd has talked about this a little bit, about how it, you know, it's been difficult recruiting because of that black cloud over there. And I think people need to realize two things, that yes, you know, Everybody loves getting the DeAndre Aytons of the world, but you know what? For a while, that's probably going to be kind of difficult to do for two reasons. First of all, the black cloud, and oh, by the way, Lloyd also can't cheat right now. I mean, you just can't. He would be the biggest dummy in the world, and I don't think there's anything dumb about him to just say, you know what? We're just coming off a program where we're viewed nationally as huge cheaters. It doesn't matter. Let's, do let's just it, keep man. going. Let's just go. Let's just <laughs> this will go. be the last full, thing they look right, for. Full, this is absolutely the time know, to do that. Full steam ahead. Nobody <laughs> yes. looks at the guy who. Gets, That's right. Nobody. Nobody looks at the bank robber who mm-hmm. just got out of prison for robbing <laughs> banks when the next bank is robbed. Mm-hmm. So I think people need to be realistic about this as well. Um, I'm curious to see what else they can bring in. But you know what? At the end of the day, this is a guy that's a really good defensive player. He averaged about 11-6 and six last year. What kind of player? Is he a wing? Is Because uh, Jesse Perry was, what, a four? He's an a four. This, four. Kid, this kid's an undersized four. Okay. Yeah, so, but... I think he can provide you a little bit of uh, defensive flexibility there because he certainly has, I think he, he's got some, he can move pretty well. Uh, Bruce Pascoe was asking me about him today a little bit. By the way, I love Bruce. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, I think this is a guy that can contribute a little bit. Uh, probably going to be miscast playing 30 minutes a game. But you know what? I'm not sure that Arizona's even recruiting him to do that. And If he contributes a solid 8 to 15, you're... If you give you 15, yeah, for right, sure. It, exactly. helps in, it helps depth-wise. and mm-hmm. Okay. For sure. And All again, right. it's not like you're, you're getting a transfer. Now, granted, he does have two years to possibly play. But it's not like you're just... 
bringing in roster filler for four years where it's like, it's not like you're bringing in Garland Judkins or, you know, some guy that, you know, that uh, Lute Olsen's trying to bring in at the end just to fill roster space. So I'm all right, I'm all right with the move. I'm also okay with, uh, at this point in the game, with Lloyd being uh, Mark Few's right-hand man, I'm, you know, if he thinks that he's good enough for Arizona and that he can contribute, I see no reason to sit here and say that he can't contribute at this point. Okay. So that's where that's kind of where we stand with Kim Aiken. We'll see exactly where the uh, where everything else plays out uh, as far as the rest of the recruiting class goes. This is probably going to be the last movement you're going to see for this coming season, being that well, school's about to start in about a week and a half. So they have how many how many on the roster now? They got a full roster here. Uh, now you got eleven guys okay. right now, but you know they're in this day shape in this day and era. You can kind of you know, move things around. You can get rid of guys if you need. Now, I think the one thing you're concerned about a little bit is you basically got one point guard on the roster and Kirk Creasa. Now, Tommy Lloyd has said multiple times that um, in his offense that it doesn't matter so much about the point guard. It matters about getting the ball up the court and then anybody can initiate because if it's more of an emotion offense type stuff. I was kind of going to ask you that follow-up and uh, it sounds like Tommy Lloyd beat me to the punch here. Did Gonzaga have a point guard last year? People look at Jalen Suggs. Suggs right. was a scorer was as a much scorer. as anything else. Right, exactly. You but you could distribute. You had four or five guys on the you, roster who could pass the ball and find the had, open. It always and find someone open. It always felt to Gonzaga not so much early on when you had the Santangelos of the world that were kind of more of pure point guards for lack of. Um, this felt like, you know, it was like you had a bunch of combo guards and they were getting the offense, and you've talked about it. You're a big Gonzaga guy. You're a big Mark Few guy because of how they run their offense, because they the way that they are able to exploit angles, spacing, things that I think Arizona basketball fans on the offensive end probably haven't seen here in quite a while. Yeah, so hopefully that is obviously one of the uh, big beneficial adjustments that uh, folks see early on and potential recruits down the road see as well that Lloyd is implementing something and you can figure out what it is that they want to do. I said that I said this with uh, Jed Fish in regards to football as well. And, and I remember years ago when I was uh, doing the, uh, doing your job on the uh, postgame show over at, uh, My over job, at the Wildcat yeah. uh, flagship station, and Rob Lance, Brad Alice, and I were uh, talking about the first time Dana Altman came to town. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that jumped out at me, and it doesn't, and that's it, this wasn't always the case with a lot of newer coaches who came to town. Mm-hmm. Altman was so clearly under talented with the roster, but you could tell what it was that he wanted to do, and that was the scary part. Mm-hmm. If you ever got his guys there, you kind of had an idea ooh, that this what, could be a problem. What, what could happen? What, right? what, what could happen? Because there was there there was a structure to what he wanted to accomplish, and as an observer. You could see it. Mm-hmm. It didn't look scattershot. He didn't have the personnel to accomplish it, obviously, at that early stage because he was building the program from scratch. But you knew what it was that he wanted to do long term. And hopefully, Wildcat fans on the basketball court can uh, find that out in fairly short order as well. And it's one of the things that, uh, you know, as we talk about on uh, on these podcasts and so forth, that I think I'll be uh, – you know, paying a fair amount of attention to, and I'll be curious, obviously, about uh, your take uh, as a 
as a regular observer of basketball over the years. Well, and one thing about Kim Aiken is he's about 6'6", 235, big, bigger dude. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Bilt Bar has been in his diet. And if it hasn't been in his diet, I think when you're getting down to Arizona and you're hearing about Bilt Bar on the Locked On Wildcat podcast, which I can tell by our Estonia viewership that people are listening. We're making movement here. And Bilt Bar is on the front line of all of this. And you know what? Kim Aiken's probably going to hear about Locked On Wildcats. And if he does... When he's hearing about Built Bar, you, it's great that you got the training table. It's great that you got all this catered food. But you know what? Some people time, sometimes people just like something quick to go out of the gym. And I think that's probably what you're looking at with Built Bar. You also need the edge. Mm-hmm. You need to figure out what it is It's a little bit better than somebody else. And that answer, and you're well aware of this, because you have the edge. Mm-hmm. You've taken advantage of the edge. You're a Built Bar connoisseur. That's why you're just a little bit better than your competition. And you know what? If you want to look rock solid, mm-hmm. the one thing... Just like Mike Luke. Yes, and, exactly. Mm-hmm. And just like this new recruit. For sure. If you want to look rock solid and you want to stay with rockauto.com, rockauto.com is to the travel industry what Built Bar is to the nutrition. Man, that's a and big statement. That is a big statement, <laughs> But it's a statement that I mean, though. Mm-hmm. It's a statement because when you think of Rock Auto, you think of two things. You think of strength and reliability. And, well, you know what? Oh, and bang for your buck. Three things. And that's what both of these items There's probably going to be a fourth and a fifth thing, but don't worry about that just now. RockAuto.com, if you need your automotive parts, especially if you're a DIY guy. No, for sure. 100%. You know, I, I mean, this is, RockAuto.com is the perfect way to do it. Thanks for keeping a locked on Wildcats. I'm Mike Luke along with John Schuster. All right, Schuster, you said that you wanted to talk in the last podcast. You said that you wanted to talk a little bit about something. And you know what? As you can tell, you and I, uh, we don't do a ton of prep. We just kind of <laughs> go with what we got. So, so fill me in. So, so the problem is that now you're uh, now, now, now you're asking me to remember what it was I said in yesterday's podcast. I do remember, All by right. the way, and I have two different topics I want to get to. Talk to me. But I'll I'll go for your expertise here. What do you think Arizona is trying to accomplish in the offensive end under Jed Fish? What do you think they're trying to accomplish on the defensive end? How are they going to look? You know, I think, well, I think they're going to be... And we're, I don't care about them being undermanned at this stage and I think they're players be, on the roster and all. We get that. I think that I think defensively, I think, is much easier to, uh, um, to ascertain than offense. Because Don Brown, who is going to have full say on the defensive line, or the, excuse me, the defensive side of the ball, period. That's just no, nobody comes from Michigan to Arizona and, you know, is not going to be able to do what he wants. And he is a, an aggressive take chances type guy. And people say, well, what happened at Michigan? If you've watched Michigan over the last six, seven years, and again, I was wrong. I thought Harbaugh was a home run hire at mm-hmm. Michigan. You don't look at the defense and say that's the problem. You look at the offense and you're like, man, this is stale. This isn't, I mean, so this is a guy in five, four out of his five years had a top 10 defense at Michigan. And he takes chances. He goes after the quarterback. I think you're going to see him take a lot of chances this year. And honestly, especially with an undermanned team, I like taking chances. Right. Because I at least feel at that point, sure, you're going to probably give up some explosive plays. But that's a lot better to me than just giving up 15 yards each time down where, you know what, okay, well. You've just given up a 12-play drive that took six minutes off the clock. Yeah. You were dominated at the line of scrimmage, yeah. right? And yes, exactly. Uh-huh. So I think they're going to be very aggressive defensively, even if they don't have any talent. Offensive, offensively, that's a great question. I, I don't know. He said that um, 
you know, you look at you look at Fish's stops where he's been, and he hasn't really been a coordinator in a lot of different places. Now he was at UCLA, but I, that's a great question, and I don't know, Shu. I think it's going to be fascinating to find out. Do you have any gauge on? You know who has the inside track as far as quarterback is concerned, and what that player's strengths are. I, I would imagine that the quarterback is probably going to be the kid that they are bringing in from South Florida, who's about to hit campus, Jordan McLeod. Um, I went to some of the practices uh, this past uh, um, during uh, um, uh, spring ball, and neither one of the quarterbacks that they had, Will Plummer or Gunner Cruz, did a ton for me. I wasn't very impressed. You look at the McLeod kid from South Florida. Uh, he kind of ended on a less than ideal note, but this is also a guy that put up, had games where he threw for 300 yards and ran for 200. I mean, this is, you know, this is, he's, he's a guy that certainly has some talent, and especially in a year where it's kind of a throwaway year, if that's, if you, you almost kind of want to go for excitement, I think, and that's probably, that's probably where I would see the quarterback position. But your point, your, your question's a great question, though, because I have absolutely no clue where they're going to go. You like comparisons, and it's... And it's uh, and, I like and comparisons and lists. You hate comparisons, right. and you hate lists. So that's I'll why ask we're you, both on the podcast. <laughs> yes, I'll ask you a comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be difficult to get into it based on what Fish wants to do versus other. Is he Matt Scott? Is he Matt Scott? Is this new quarterback Matt Scott? S. I'm trying to come up oh, with I think, a well, general. I'll tell you one thing. You know, if approach. If, yes, you know, if, yeah, a, I, a general I, philosophical approach. I would assume. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying this guy's. You know, right. that talented in the one year that he was here, where he had a you know right. a blowout senior year. I think but, that. I think that you're looking for something like that though, because I think in, it's so much different in college football now. If I've got a quarterback that can run, and again, I don't need him to be Michael Vick. But if I've got a quarterback that when everything breaks down, he can get me 10 yards, not necessarily the 90-yard run, but can get me 10, it just puts so much more stress on a defense. And I think you're going to see that. The kid that he's got coming in next year out of Servite, Fafita, he's an undersized quarterback that can move around pretty well. I think you're probably going to see the quarterback run not necessarily the rich rod type thing where it was just a huge part of the equation, but I think it's going to be something in there for I sure. wonder if one of the things that uh, we find out in the process here is that on the defensive end, maybe you can tell faster what it is Arizona wants to accomplish. On the offensive end, maybe Arizona has to be a little bit in that adjust adjust mm-hmm. flexibility kind of malleability right. mode mm-hmm. where you have to you're not exactly sure what the talent is that you have you have to play to those strengths but it ultimately isn't what you want to accomplish on that end of the right uh, field. right maybe I, we're yeah maybe we're and there. but i think that's going to be fascinating to find out because i think you're going to also see him try to implement the system he wants maybe even at the detriment of winning a couple games which i'm totally fine with this season's a throwaway seed they're going to suck so, you know what, if if it's about, you know, getting guys acclimated to what he wants to do, his style, I'm totally cool with that. I wish I could give you the answer on that, but I don't really I guess know. we'll find out. Yeah. Um, on to another topic that uh, kind of fascinated me when we were talking about, uh, and we'll never get an answer to this, uh, but you talked about in, in our last podcast that Fish kind of has appropriate name dropper tendencies mm-hmm. talks about he talked to belichick he's got carol's kid on the staff you know met with herm edwards met with sean mcveigh a bunch of guys up and down the list mm-hmm. he's had so many stops along the way in terms of what his vision is of running a program we talk a lot about the people who's been with who have inspired him in one way or another i'd like to know who he's worked with who sucks Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? Who who he 
who he looked at in the process in whatever his vision was for running his own program. Right. If, if there was a coach or a series, and there had to be, mm-hmm. if there were coaches or series of coaches along the way that he looked at and thought to himself, there's no damn way I'm doing what this guy's doing. This guy is exactly right. the opposite of what it is I want to accomplish, and I'd be curious as to what it was about that individual and why it was he felt that way and why he would avoid that. You know what? That's called a tease right there. And you know what? On on Wednesday, I'm going to try to come back with some answers for you on that one. But uh, And I'll tell you one thing, though. I don't know that he's going to utilize it, but if you could even bet on a tease or the amount of teases in a podcast, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that betonline.ag has it. But I'm also not saying that it doesn't. They don't? Yeah. There's yeah. there's certainly a distinct possibility. I have a follow-up question in regards to betonline.ag. What's that? Does it have a uh, does it have a betting line on the number of times that you uh, pet the expert on this real show, Bruno, and what the over-under is on the number of times he's gonna try to nip your nose? It does I don't know that, but if there was one place, it would be betonline.ag. Man, betonline.ag has it, almost everything. They could, you could bet on Rock Auto, and you could bet on oh. Built Bar. Mm-hmm. But That's a lot of quality betting right there. Well, That's a parlay that you win every time. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats.